Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Are you ready for the Word tonight? Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And thank you because utterance is granted. The Holy Ghost lives big on my inside. Light and understanding comes into God's Word in Jesus' mighty name. So we started talking about developing a consistent and a disciplined giving life. Right? That's what we talked about last Wednesday. So make sure you get the message of last Wednesday to be able to follow up. And we were looking at the practical side. Now, it's very important for us to understand that nothing in the Christian race will produce fruit without consistency. Nothing. Nothing. The truths you know before will not produce results in your life if you don't consistently practice them. Okay? It doesn't doesn't matter what you know before. It doesn't matter what you've heard before. You can't say, for instance, you've heard about not telling lies. Telling lies is a sin. And you can't say, well, I've heard that long enough. Now, to tell lies is okay. No, it will never be okay to live in sin. Are, are you following what I'm saying? So, the truths of God's word don't get updated. Alright? We don't have to update them. We have to consistently follow the paths and the truths that have been laid up for us. Praise God. So, we talked about... Come on, are you in church this evening? Matthew chapter 6 verse 2, we talked about how we should give in secret, right? How we can give in secret. We don't need people to know what we're giving. And that's very important. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 3 says, If I give all I possess to the poor and exalt in the surrender of my body, but have not love, I gain nothing. We have to give in love. Praise God. We talked about John thirteen thirty nine. Judas was the treasurer. So it means that Jesus had a treasury. Jesus had a savings account. And I was bold to say, you cannot give all your money away and expect to be wealthy. It's not giving is, 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 a, is an important practice in scripture, but so also is saving. You've got to lay something aside. Jesus gave to the poor. Jesus paid taxes. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 16.2 says, On the first day of every week, let everyone lay aside as much as they are able. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 16.2. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up as the Lord had prospered. As the Lord had prospered. So you give as the Lord had prospered you. But you have to lay something aside. And I said, for instance, if you are a salary worker, you can give your offerings monthly. You can take a portion out of your offering, out of your income and say, this is my offering and give it monthly. Is that okay? If you're a contractor, for instance, you can give your offerings monthly. God doesn't want you to just give crumbs and change. Okay. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 3, we talked about testifying that uh, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, the Macedonian Christians. So we talked about all of that. I'm just giving a quick recap. Now, in Deuteronomy 15, verse 11, we said, and, and Matthew 25, um, 26, verse 11, we said, the scripture, the scripture says that you would always have the poor with you. 
So there will always be poor people around you. Is that okay? You, the, you would always have more needs. So if you just go because of needs, <laughs> the needs are never exhausted. People will always be in problems. And you are not El Shaddai. Say, I am not. You're not saying it. Say, I am not El Shaddai. We have only one El Shaddai. Is that okay? We're not gods. You can meet everyone's need. And that's very important. Mark 14, 7. The poor you would always have with you. And you can help them whenever you want. But you will not always have me with you. So there are times where we need to take opportunity and sow that. So I talked about all of that. Please get the part one. Let's move on to today. Uh, I, want to, I want to make a statement here. Giving is an act of faith. Giving is an act of faith. And faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6. Giving is an act of faith. And faith works by love. That means when I am giving, I am giving as an act of faith. Praise God. Come on, are you here? Yeah, I'm giving as an what? As an act of faith. I'm giving as an act of faith. Now that act of faith has to be love motivated. So I'm not just giving because I want to get something. I'm giving because I'm giving out of love, for instance. Love is the motivating factor. Must be the motivating factor for giving. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 8, we discover someone who, was, who wanted to sow money into the life of the apostles, but for the wrong reason. Acts chapter 8, um, go to verse 20. Acts chapter 8 and verse 20. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you there? But Peter said to him, go to verse 19, Acts chapter 8. Go to verse, uh, can we try from verse 19? Verse 18, go to verse 18. Acts chapter 8 and verse 18. These are... These are very important truths concerning money. Money has been abused, but the abuse of something doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it and, and see it for, for what the scripture says it is. Are you there in Acts chapter 18? 8 verse 18. It says, Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you. Because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. And we must be very careful of this because these have been stretched overboard. There is a place where you can partner with the ministry and the grace of that ministry begins to actually function in your life. But you must be careful of trying to sow into people's life because you want the spirit on them. The gift of God can never be obtained with money. Are you following that? Have you heard some of those teachings that if you want an anointing that is on a ministry, you keep sowing into that ministry and that anointing is going to be on you? Now, I realize that uh, there are certain ministries I've followed outside of my dad. There are certain ministries I've followed over the years. For One particular ministry I've followed for over 20 years. If you're close to me, you know that, that that's one ministry I follow. I, I realize that, that the, the certain anointings in that ministry that is at work in my life. But you know what? I never followed those ministries because I wanted those anointings. I followed those ministries because of the teaching. And as I received the teaching and I sowed back Galatians 6 6, that anointing began to work in me. It was because if you look at it that way, then I, I would not bother myself with if I can if I have to sow consistently to an anointing to be part of that anointing, I don't have to bother myself about being a teacher. 
Why will I stress myself? All I need to do is constantly sow into the life of one prophet who can see. And I'm sure uh, we will not, we'll be having like 10 services every Sunday morning. Or look for the pastor with the largest church and just go sow there. And then my church will start growing. But how many of you know that's not consistent with other truths in the scripture? You cannot build doctrine from one verse of scripture. And in fact, this is a wrong place uh, because Peter had to rebuke him. He says, you think that the gift of God can be bought with money. Praise God. So, you, you must be careful of that teaching. It's been, Galatians 6, 6, taken to the extreme, will result in this. Where people say, you cannot partake of the grace of God in my life. Uh, you know, you have to sow into my life to partake of that grace. There's a place of ministering to your teachers, but the motivation must not be just because of the grace. Are, are, you, are, you, are you following that? Now, if, if, for instance, why should you sow into my life? Because... Uh, number one, I'm your pastor, I'm, I'm your teacher, Galatians 6.6. 6. But outside of that, it's just because you love me. You want me to wear good shirts. You want me to wear good suits. You want me to dress well. You want me to eat. I mean, imagine I come here and uh, I've not eaten and I'm struggling. You think I'm going to stay singing with Jessica, greater than the greatest, higher than the highest. I'm not going to sing whatever is greater. The hunger in my inside is going to be greater than the greatest. You understand that? So, and, and don't feel bad when people say, oh, your pastor is driving a nice car, your pastor is living in a good house. You don't have to feel bad about it because you paid for it. <laughs> Are you understand what I'm saying? Any sane believer whose pastor is teaching them properly should be excited that your pastor is looking fine. I mean, I'm not saying about going to Instagram pastors and wearing a Gucci shirt. It's not the pastor trying to prove that God has made him rich. What I'm just trying to say is, listen, if you... And I'm saying this because sometimes those are the restraining factors, you know, in terms of giving, okay? So, let me not overemphasize that. Now, if you go with me to um, Acts 20.35, uh, Paul said something. Paul wasn't alive when Jesus... Uh, Paul wasn't a disciple of Jesus when Jesus was walking on the earth. But you know, Paul said something that it, the, the, um, in everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if you look for this phrase, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, you will not find Jesus saying this particularly. It means that Paul got this by revelation. That means Jesus revealed to him that it is more blessed to give than to receive. But how many of you know we need to renew our mind to believe this statement? Okay. When I say it again, say yes. Okay. How many of you know that we need to renew our mind to believe this statement? Yeah. Because, listen. Don't worry. We're not recording you. To be honest, what do you think is more blessed? I think it's more blessed to receive. Come on. How many of you think it's more blessed to receive? The natural human being, come on, remember what we talked about Romans chapter 12, renew your mind. The natural human being thinks it is more blessed to receive than to give. But what does our Lord Jesus Christ say? It's more blessed to do what? To give than to do what? How many of you think it's more blessed to give than to receive? I don't think so. <laughs> I believe it because Jesus says it, but I don't think so. But if Jesus tells us that, does it mean that there's something about giving that has to do with faith? Because I have to believe that I'm more blessed if I give. Now, I have to now believe this because if not, I will see money. I will see every time I give, I will count it as a loss instead of a blessing. So I've got to renew my mind now. Because see, two extremes happen in the body of Christ. 
Now, some people say, if you sow, you will reap. There's a place for that. I, I'm going to do a full teaching on giving. You know, every time I finish, and then, <laughs> you know, some of the members come and say, Pastor, all the full teaching you are owing us. Every time you say you are going to do a full teaching on the, ah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you need to write them down. If I say I'm going to do a full teaching on something, just write it down and remind me later. But, what's the extreme? People now say, give so you can get. And you know what people did? Man, they took all their money. They started sowing. It wasn't because it was more blessed to give than to receive. It was because they've been taught that the more you give, the more you will get. So the motivation was not faith in this word. The motivation was what they can get, not out of love. And once the motive is corrupted, the offering is not received. So why should you give to this church? You want to keep the air conditions on. You know, sometimes pastors make it look like giving is spiritual. Sometimes we give so that natural things can work. We give so we can pay the light bills. It's not every offering that is, you know, as you give this offering, God is going to... No, some offerings, God is not going to decorate your life. Some offering just means that Nepal will not come to cut our light. I mean, it's just natural. Some of the offerings you give, that's the boss, the boss you enter is your offering. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? You see, you've got, to, you've got to understand this thing about giving. If you make it all spiritual, spiritual... You will start harassing people that you have not seen the harvest. Because some of the giving you give, you use it also. Are, are you following what I'm saying? After all the seed I've sown, you enter the seed home. You gave on Sunday. You enter the seed on Wednesday. You, you, can't, you don't need to harass me. You don't need to harass God that this, this ministry is not producing. You are entering the seed every day. Because it's not every time you give. So when people give and you get into the boss, other people's giving is being a blessing to you. When we get on television, your giving is being a blessing to people. Are you understanding what I'm saying? When we have love feast and we buy coke and we buy all of those things and you drink, that's your money. Tell all these people they are spending our money. You're sitting on the money. The money is cooling you every time this air condition is on. It's part of your money blowing breeze on your body. What's breeze in English word? Wind. Don't make, are you following what I'm saying? It'll, it'll make you stop feeling bitter. What are they doing with my money? This is your money. We changed these lights today. That's your money. We bought new lights to go around the earth. Every time you see the lights going, just say, that's my money. You know, that's my money. That's my money. Are you following what I'm saying? Because if we all don't give, we can have a comfortable church. And we want to have a comfortable church. Are you following this now? So if we have this perspective to give in, it will, because if you have hearts in your heart, Concerning what is being done with the offering, you cannot receive a harvest. And pastors need to be upfront about this. Sometimes you say, listen, God didn't ask us this, we want to buy a new camera. I mean, we've got two cameras in this church. Part of that camera is your offering. This microphone is your offering. You, so, if you see it that way, you would see that your money is advancing the kingdom. Are, are you following what I'm saying now? Okay. I'm not saying where you want to leave, now leave the church. You now meet me and say, you see, you see the way it is going now. We have to take that mic. <laughs> because that's what, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Alright. So. <laughs> okay. Now. Matthew chapter 10. Let me show you something here. Matthew chapter 10. Praise God. You know, these teachings are not, as not, are not sometimes are not as complex as people make it. Matthew chapter 10 verse 41. Matthew 10, 41. Uh, can we read this now? Verse 40. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He who receives you receives me. 
And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say, he shall no wise lose his reward. Very, and, and I want you to see this. Because most times when pastors pick up this verse of scripture, they stop at the prophet. They say, he who receives a prophet will no wise lose his reward. Will receive a prophet's reward. But if you study this verse... There are many categories of rewards. Come on, are you with me? There's what? There's the prophet's reward. There's the righteous one's reward. There's the disciple's reward. There's the little one's reward. What does that tell me? Every level of giving has its reward. So if I give to the prophet, I'll get a prophet's reward. If I give to a righteous one, I'll... So the reason is that sometimes you see that if we don't give to only certain class of people, then we cannot be rewarded. That's not what the scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that every valid giving has a reward. Now, listen, this is the thin line here. Listen carefully. We don't give for the reward. We give because we receive him as because he's sent of the Lord. We give because he's our brother. We give because the person we love to help the poor. Now, but in that process is a reward. So the Bible says, he will sow sparingly, will reap sparingly, and he who gives bountifully, will do what? We reap bountifully. So you determine your reward, how much your reward will be. Come on, are you following this now? Alright. Now, we talked about, if you want to now give, I, I think I've done something on giving before, New Testament giving, four part series, please endeavor to get that. I uh, just want to see, what do I have here? Okay. Let's say here now, there are all your giving. Now, I'm going to do the practical side. Now, we've, we've, we've taken some time to just worship. So, I want to do the practical side. All your giving. Can you help me type this? We should have typed this before. But please, if you can, do it immediately. All your giving will now be divided into four. Right? There is family. So, just write. You can write. If they want to help us to type it, it's fine. But there is family. The household of faith or your brethren. Number one is family. So, write family down. Family, household of faith. Number three is the kingdom or the or gospel. The kingdom of the gospel. And number four, acts of charity. So all your giving will fall into any of these categories. Number one, family. Number two, come on, if you're writing, let me know. Number two, what's number two? Household of faith. Brilliant. Number three. Number three, kingdom or what? Or the gospel. Number four, acts of charity. Now, acts of charity will involve the poor, the widow, the orphans. So, whenever you have money, your giving will have to be divided into these four categories. Now, let me explain something about giving to you. Let me explain something about giving. No, you know, people say, I don't want to tithe. I'm now giving my tithes to the poor. Or, I don't want to give to pastor. Pastor has a lot of, pastor has rich people supporting him. You know, um, um, <laughs> you know they should say this. I, I hardly say parables, but I'll say a parable today, right? Is it a parable now? Yeah, I think it's a parable. Or a story, I don't know, but something. Uh, oh, Gideon, you know the parable? <laughs> okay, yeah. I've said it before, so Gideon knows the parable because Gideon is an elder. Alright, so you know what I say? Like, if a goat is tied for Christmas, right? In the compound, right? 
that everybody thinks somebody else is feeding the goat until the goat dies of hunger. Do you understand? Sometimes that's how ministry is. Everybody thinks somebody is giving to the pastor until the pastor dies of hunger. I'm not the goat in that parable. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> okay. So there are four, right? So you've got family, you've got what? Household of faith, you've got what? The kingdom, you've got what? Acts of charity. Now, in that family, you have extended family and immediate family. Somebody say, for how much is all this division? Now, this is is what I intend to say, right? No giving invalidates the other. You cannot say, because I've given to my family, I cannot give to the poor. You cannot say, because I've given to the poor, I cannot give to my family. I'm going to teach you from scripture. You know, I don't... Perfect. Just leave this here. Leave, leave this on the, on the board. Now, go with me quickly to Mark 7.4. Let me show you something. The day I saw the scripture, I said, wow. Mark 7.11. It changed my life about giving. Because sometimes we say, I don't want to pay my tithe. I'm giving to the poor. No. You have to find a way to do all the giving. So what that means is certain times, you might have to do your giving in circles. I'll explain that. Alright? Maybe this month you attend to this group. The next month you attend to this other group. You see, you cannot give to everyone all the time. Are you following this now? Come on, are you following this? This is the practical aspect of it. Now, if you go to Mark 7, 11, Jesus said, But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, Whatever I have that would help you is koban. That is a gift given to God. He said, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition. You know what Jesus was saying? He says, these Pharisees are teaching you that whatever you want to give to your parents, you now say, no, I can't help you anymore. I've given it to God. He says, no, you are invalidating the word. What does that mean? Whatever belongs to your parents should go to your parents. Whatever belongs to God should go to God. You shouldn't take what is God and give to your parents. And at the same time, you shouldn't take what belongs to your parents and give to God. Now, let me tell you this. If you constantly give to God all the time and you do not give to your parents, you're not a proper believer. I'll repeat it again. And when I say, you say yes. I said, if you are always giving to church, always giving to God, Always giving to the kingdom. And you're not giving to your parents. You're not what? A proper believer. Because what will a proper believer do? A proper believer will set a portion for his parents. And will set a portion for the kingdom. And you know how God confirmed these truths to me? When Jesus was about to die. You know what Jesus did? He looked at John and said, John, here is your mother. And looked at his mother and said, Mother, here is your son. Jesus did not die on the cross without making provisions available for who would take care of his mother. And when God revealed this to me, it changed my life. Because I now realized, okay, that means I have to plan. So let me give you a simple example. For instance, in 1 Timothy 5, it says, He who does not provide for his house is worse than an infidel. So you cannot be a good man outside and your children are suffering. It makes no sense. There are some people who are very generous outside, but their own people suffer. Now, some of you take it to the extreme. Some, some of you is family. You don't give to anything. No act of charity, no tithing. No, family, family, family. You are also wrong. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, 
let's say in the early days we got married, uh, myself, uh, you know, my wife, we didn't have so we didn't have so much money. So what we used to do in helping our parents, I'm giving you a practical example now. I'm not saying go and do this. Say this is how my pastor. I follow after the order of my pastor. Don't follow after my order. Just do what you need to do. You know. But what we used to do, if I if I support my parents in January, then we will support my in-laws in February. And then we support my parents in March. Because we couldn't support them the same time. Are you following this? So what that means is that my parents had six months of support. Her parents had six months of support. There's no drama. The timetable is clear. So you know which month. It's, you know, do you understand? So if, what's like, oh, if by February if an emergency come up, the truth of the matter is you can't solve all the emergencies that will come up in this world. And if you, if you don't follow this system... You would, if you don't have a system for your giving, people can make you poor by their incessant demands. The poor you would always have with you. Now, it got to a point where we could support both parents monthly. And then what happened? Because we were faithful in that. They kept speaking over us. They kept blessing us. They kept speaking God's word over us. What happened? The blessings started working. And now we can support both of them at, at the same time. I didn't start from here. You see, most of you try to start giving from the top. It's a lie. You cannot. So let me give you an example. You are a young man. You don't have so much to support your parents. It's very easy. If your parents are still drinking milk and bonvita, if they still drink that, you know, they are still, they are not doing vegetarian stuff. They are still drinking that. There's nothing wrong to say, okay, every month I'll buy a tin of milk and a packet of bonvita and just take home. You see, the, the thing with giving is not how big it is. It's the motivation first. Are you following what I'm saying? Or you can say, every three months I'll buy a bag of rice. You need to sit down and say, this is how much comes. This is how much I can give. And find out what works for you. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't have to be, so if you, if you for instance, if you have a father or a mother who doesn't know how to manage money. Some of us have parents like that who doesn't have to know how to manage money. And you plan to give them 20,000. Instead of giving them the 20,000 ones, be sending them 5,000 5, every week. Or, what will they do with this money? It's food they need. Send someone to buy the food and give to them. Are you following what I'm saying? You cannot also allow your family to drain you. There's a balance to this thing. Because giving, the culture of giving is not a culture to now impoverish you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not teaching you giving so that by the end of one year, you become lesser than who you were before. Say, is this giving to you? No, we are giving. No, that's not the idea. The idea is for you to bring a system and have a lifestyle. Okay? So, for instance, um, for some people that would give, for instance, I consider my, my, my father-in-law, a uh, blessed man, uh, Mary's dad, he's gone on to be with the Lord. And then I, my, my mother-in-law, is, she's, 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 she's a huge blessing. She's, she's still alive. So, so that we won't forget, what we just do is there's a basic percentage that there's something we give to her every month. We just put it on automatic deduction. So she's almost like on a standing order. So every month, that money just goes straight to her at a particular date. We just make sure there's enough money in that account. Listen, it's not big. But I'd rather do something small and it's consistent than wait till when she has gone home to be with the Lord, say, no, cannot bury her in this kind of place. Paint this place. Can't bury her in a completed building. It's madness. You know that thing that is telling you that one day I will help my father. One day I will help my father. 
God forbid, let it not be that at the end of the day it's God that the man has gone. Don't wait for that day. Today is the day. As you hear this, harden not your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go and buy belt and say, you know what? I don't have. This is what I can afford. And I tell you, if you do that thing consistently, words of prayers will come upon you. You will not remain the same. Don't wait. I will, daddy, don't worry. I will buy a car for you. I will buy... Small time. You know, you said that you some people, when they want to bury their father, they now go and do coffee that look like car. It is the car they told there that you will just Okay, the man has died. Let him just enter car on his way to wherever he's going to. So don't do that. I, that's why I am the least impressed person about funerals. About burials, I'm the least impressed. It's a show sometimes of mental stupidity. Permit my words, but I'll repeat it again. It's a show of mental stupidity. Sometimes when these people were alive, if they had this kind of party organized for them, they'll live 10 more years. When they're alive, nobody knew them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, let's not, let's not deal with that. Time is going. So, you understand what I'm saying now? What's the little thing you can do for your parents? Do it. Even if you're a student, recharge your parents. If you can buy a recharge card for your girlfriend, why not your mother? You know, sometimes you say, I don't have money. I don't have money. And there's one girl that is like a devourer in your life. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, come on. Am I talking here? So, you do to your parents. Then to your immediate family. You cannot help everybody in your family. So you need to find out who and who can you help. Your giving must not support people's laziness. If people are not doing anything, let them find something to do. Some people you don't need to give to them. People need to... You don't give to impoverished people. You give to empower. Come and say, we don't give to impoverished people. We give to empower people. Okay. Then the household of faith. These are your brothers and sisters. So you, you can have a portion for the household of faith. Then kingdom, kingdom, kingdom will, it, it will contain what we're talking about, right? Your offering in church. We talked about the birth service in church. You can give to the birth service. We have children, church here. Your children eat biscuits all the time. Who do you think is buying the biscuits? There's nothing wrong in buying a carton of biscuits and say, oh, this is for the children, church. That's for the kingdom. Then Galatians 6 is, you, you have a, I mean, I know it's sometimes we don't say it, always, but you have a responsibility to give to me. You should, my name should appear in your budget. Look for someone and fix my name there. <laughs> say, but Galatians 6 is saying if you're taught in the word, you minister to the man. Don't wait till he say, Don't worry, this is my pastor. Ah, all these your teachings. Ha, 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 ha. What will I do for? Don't worry. I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. It's been eight years. You're saying, Don't worry. You know, but the point is this you know, I'm, I'm joking with all of these things. I'm putting them these things. Don't think you're too poor to give. If the Macedonian church could give, you can give. Are you following what Don't despise it. Pastor, this is all I have. It's 500. Yeah, I'm doing Galatians 6 6. And the blessing will come. Okay? Don't despise any seed. Even when you're giving to your parents, don't feel, oh, what my father has done for me. I cannot help them with this 1,000. No. It's not about how much now. It's about getting the principle activated to have a system for that. Then, acts of charity, the poor, the widow, the orphan, you can find something. Uh, in that chain. So, what you can do is some months you can focus on certain um, aspect of this circle. Some other months you can focus on other aspects. Are you following this? So, I'm just giving you practical tips. You have to go home, pray about it, think about what to do and everything. Okay. Number one, just write these things down. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with the first fruit of your increase. I think every giving should start with the tithe. I still believe in the tithe. I teach the tithe. I don't teach that God curses people. But I think it's the foundation of giving. 10% belongs to God. So, you give your tithes. You give your tithes. 
I gave you a percentage last week that I didn't. I think so. 10% for tithe, 20% for giving, 30% for savings, 40% for investment. You can, you can, you can turn this percentage however you want. And that's, that's the way I work. Once money comes, I have all this percentage. I started out by giving a couple of percentage. Fine. 10, 20, 30, 40. Thank you so much. So 10% is your tithe. Uh, 20 you can use for giving or 30 can be for expenses 40 can be for investment or you can use 40 for expenses 10 for tight 20 for investment you can just play around this or walk around it but if you have a percentage in which you're giving it helps you to be able to manage your giving you see it's not one thing in life that makes us successful it's the combination of many things if you look at your key for instance right if you look at your key for instance when you put your key inside and you're opening it. If you bring out your key, you see that it's a combination of many designs that is turned, that opens the door. Okay, so you can do that with your giving. Then, you can do automatic deductions for your partnership and giving. There are ministries we partner with, and the, our partnership is automatic. We don't play with our kingdom partnership. We've been partnering with Brother Copeland's ministry for like 19 years. There are a couple of ministries that we partner with, and every month the partnership money is taken out. Automatic deductions. We don't play with kingdom partnerships. So you can have that. You can set up a standing order in your account. You can set up that automatic deduction. You can rotate the giving for your mother-in-law, your parents, or your siblings. Okay? You can rotate the giving. You might not be able to help your parents every month. You can decide to help them quarterly. Is that okay? You know, so you can rotate that giving. You know, you don't have to be under the pressure of you must do something monthly. You can rotate the giving. Because people also have to understand that this income is worked for. You know, you know people have this assumption that maybe you are just sitting somewhere and all people are just doing, they are coming to give you bags of money. So how can you say you don't have? <laughs> do you understand? So people have to also know that this thing has to be... So if you have five siblings, for instance, you have five brothers and you want to help them, you cannot, have five, you cannot have five of them every month. If you have, you can. You know, I'm giving you the case of a typical person. I'm not giving you the case of somebody who is wealthy and he has all the money and he can help the whole world. So what you do, you give five of them months. January, February, March, April, May. You know, then start again. April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So each brother knows that they are entitled to two months in a year. And they know their months. Hey, you, I can't help. For... It's simple. I mean, what should we do for the rest of the month? If, listen, let me tell you. If you are dead today, your family members will continue to live. Have you seen people who are dead and then everybody lived and then after two, three months, even when they, you have your picture in the house, after two months, you say, remove the picture. Every time we see him, he reminds us, he say, remove the picture. Before you know, they would have put your picture on that bed. So, don't, this thing you are trying to prove as if you are the most important person in your house, it's a lie. Hear it from me today. It's a lie. Ah, without my husband, I can't live. Oh, my dear, my sunshine, my moonlight, my this thing. Once you are gone, after one year, say, ah, I'm feeling like I need somebody. Before you know, they are married. Forget all these things. Like, ah, hey, if you, what will I do? You will do more. So, don't, uh, don't assume, you know, don't, don't assume that, ah, I'm the pillar of my family. You are not the pillar. They change pillars. Are you hearing? Don't make yourself unnecessary without me. I don't know how my mother will, will survive. You know, one day, um, my kids went to spend some time with our family friends. <laughs> and then they came to church from there. When they came to church, myself and my wife, we just asked ourselves, you know what? 
You know, in your mind, you think that your children have not seen you for two days. When they see you, they will run over you. They just went, came to greet us. I, what, I just told my wife that you see what I've been telling you. Forget this thing, oh. You tell her, my children, leave, forget it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Why am I saying that some of us put ourselves in that position of pressure? Have you realized that the needs you did not help other people to meet, they were still met? But you know what pains us? They will now come to Facebook. Even though they did not help me, God raised helpers for me. Amen. I mean, our goal is that the help be met. Whether he raised helpers or he used me, let the goal be met. Don't get into that pressure. Okay? You can take a particular charity course and focus on it. So for us, particularly myself and my wife, we focus on education. We help a lot of people go through school. Because this is what we believe. If somebody is educated, they can do a lot. So if you look at our life, for instance, right from when we just got married, we help a lot of people um, educationally. There are a lot of people who are, there are people who are compassionate about widows. I'm not sure I have, I've helped a lot of widows in my life as such. Now, sometimes we make it composure. If you are not helping widows, you are not doing... No, listen. We cannot help everybody. You need to pick something that's very passionate, that's on your heart. For some of you, it is orphans. For some of you, it is widows. For some of you, it is whatever. So you, you have to have a charity cause that, that can... For me, it's education. I like to support people going to school. So if you look at my life over the years, there are a lot of people I've sent through school. We've supported through school. We've encouraged through school. Is that okay? And this is not to say you show up on Tuesday and say, I want to see Pastor. It's, like, it's education. No? That thing you say you're passionate about is school. I want to go to school. Don't come to my office. Is that okay? Alright. So you need to find out. Okay? So this is why I'm saying this. If somebody is supporting a lot of widows, don't let them force you to start supporting widows and living what you're passionate about. Because if, I'm, if somebody comes and starts talking about widows now, you feel like, oh, I'm not doing anything. No, you're doing something. You're doing something in the life of that young man you sent to school. You, are doing, you might not be doing in this area, but they are all acts of charity. That's what scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that you have for every good work. Is that okay? No. Um, okay, you should give to your instructors, your teachers, Galatians 6.6. 6, uh, Paul had partners. No empower as opposed to tips. Don't just give people tips. Empower them. So let me say, for instance, you keep giving your brother 5,000 naira every month. 5,000 every month. Why don't you sit that your brother down and say, what can you do? And empower him instead of just giving tips. Don't just give people tips. Are you following what I'm saying? You can empower them. But if you have older people, I mean, like we have a, a papa here in church. If you've got older people who've worked all their life and you don't need, I mean, they don't need to really work to be able to do anything. You should just look after them. Okay? Uh, that's important. Now, no giving should generate dependency on you. you. You don't have to give to the point where people have to depend on you. If you're not there, they can't get anything done. Is that okay? No giving should, they, should uh, generate what? Dependency. Then watch out for those who want your money without your wisdom. There are people who want your money, but they don't want your wisdom. They just want money from you. They won't take your counsel. They won't take your advice. Stop giving them money. Stop giving them money. You tell them, do this, no. Do this, no. But they always want money. You are empowering foolishness. There's no reward for that. Be careful of people who want your money without wisdom. Come and say, I'll be careful of people who want my money and not my wisdom. Alright. If people constantly reject your counsel, you should not fund foolishness. If people constantly reject your counsel, 
you should not fund what? Foolishness. So if people are constantly rejecting the advice and the counsel you're giving to them, then you shouldn't fund foolishness. The young people we've taken, I mean, we want to support, we're giving counsel, we're giving all of that, and they don't listen to that, and then tomorrow they are into trouble. You see, the truth of the matter is that nobody's going to bail you off. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? So you've got to look into your giving, develop a system here. I have a New Testament finances booklet. I don't know if it's still available. Get a copy. I talked about that. I did a, a teaching on that. And I believe that God is going to bless us. Amen. Father, thank you. We'll call everyone blessed. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.